Hey everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. First of all, I want to give a shout out to our main sponsors, Rise and Sons, the award-winning brewery in Cork. Do check it out if you happen to be in Cork. I must say, it's a great honour to welcome back two pals of the show, Keith and Luke from Dog Tired. How are we, lads? Hello. Good, man. It's not been that long since we've seen you last. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for all the beers and everything, lads, for having you on the whole time. You know? (laughs) (laughs) We'll be on every show. The reason you're on tonight is, and I'm really looking forward to it, is we're doing a track by track of the Red Verse new album. The album is fucking mind blowing. It's your best album yet. It's it's got everything that I love: heft, riffs, drumming, singing, just the whole fucking party rolled into one big chunk of fucking metal, which is the Red Verse. So congratulations, first of all. Cheers, Cheers very much, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and. Uh... You're one of the few people to actually have it. You got sent it in advance and everything. Yeah, sneaky, <laughs> sneaky file sent. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you can see straight away the amount of work you put into it. It's fucking fantastic. And a big shout out also to Jamie for the production on it. Top class. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Like the it does sound amazing. Sound like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go into the red verse. Let's get started, lads. And we'll just go through each track. I've picked out certain sections. Obviously, I'm not going to play it every single one uh, yeah. from start to finish. But uh, the sections I picked out are some of the favorite sections that I that I like in each song. So we'll start Sweet. off then. With... I'm excited to hear what your favorite sections are. <laughs> yeah, you won't be surprised. Anyway, so this is fracture. <laughs> Imagine my reaction when I heard a fucking shitload of blast beats on the opening <laughs> track of Fracture. Like, <laughs> lads, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> sick, absolutely sick. What an opener. It's an obvious one, I think, out of all the songs there, that that is the first song to fucking open the album with, really. That's my opinion. You, you chose well. Yeah, I think that one was probably the, the most 
took the longest time to get together overall just because of the fact that we were like, we could feel that the bits we had was the opener, but we were yeah. like, it needs to be absolutely stonking. Like, you know, it has to have, be hidden and be intense as fuck at the start, but it also needs to have like elements of everything we've got throughout the yeah. album. Yes. So like, so that first song just needs to be like the whole album compacted in yeah. one tune. And then we got that big fat riff bit at the end, and we were like, yeah. "Oh, there it is." <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that kind of main riff. Da, 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 da. So that I remember having that riff, and I mean, like Keith, Keith had the drumming, came up the intro just by following the riff and that. But I had a tail. It was like in time. And it's like dun, 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 I had this like really fast by the end, and I was like, I can't be fucked learning that. <laughs> <laughs> so I just cut it out, and then the timing became weird, and I was like, that's even cooler. Like, wow, okay, okay, yeah. Like, do you know the way Dark Angel counted the riffs on there? I've it? seen that recently. Was it's it two hundred or not? Two hundred and something riffs. Was it time does not heal? I think maybe, or I think that could have been the album. Yeah. The fucking amount of riffs on this album is just jaw-dropping, man. <laughs> we need somebody out there to count them, because I can't do it, because I just, just lose my shit every I think, time I listen to it. But, like, Luke, Jesus. I think, he, I think we tried, but we're drinking cans, and then you start to not count as well. And yeah. then you, you get confused as well. Barrio says, it's like, your riffs, you're a dick, because it never actually repeats. Like, there's always a difference in the tale or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I think it's cool. I don't really think about it. It's... Uh, but I, I, we, we tried, but we drank cans, but we'll try again drinking cans for yourself and then we'll send you the, the final verdict. So. <laughs> we'll put it on the album in one of those wee stickers, like this contains 436 riffs and two solos. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that's the way we want it, mate. That's the yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like following those riffs there, even on the first track alone with the blast beats, like, you know, when you dissect this, uh, each song as we will going along, what stood out for you there in Fracture? Was it that riff that Keith was on about? Was that the one that you had to follow? And Well, that song, I think, was a... Uh, I think it was, like, maybe three different sections that were joined together and it had different okay. parts and stuff like that. I knew I wanted to start off fast, like, just because that's... But fast, different to any of the albums that we've done before. A kind of yeah. more like strapping a mad type. It's, yes, it's as strapping as we've ever been. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. brilliant comparison. Just that, that like immediate like punch in the face. You're like fucking hell, man. This yeah. is mental. Yeah, I wanted yeah. that. Uh, and then the kind of middle section just came about that dun, 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 mm. with a big minging fucking sleazy hex group. That came about from just like we jammed the start, and then we were like, "What's meant to come next?" And that's just what naturally came next. <laughs> I just made that made that up on the spot. Fuck it, this will do. Like yeah. you're not even knowing really what you're doing. You just know it's going to go. Jin, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was probably when you were listening to quite a lot of nails. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Things like that, and it's got that kind of influence of like, oh, well, it's disgusting. Like, yes. uh, but then because we are dog tired, we end up even if we play a riff like nails, we end up making it sound like it's our style anyway. Like yeah. it's got it's like Neil's style, but with total dog tired riff energy kind of thing. Okay, okay. But it's like what I really like about all the riffs on this album and all the kind of you know, you know it's always really intricate with me and Keith and the way that we kind of work it. Yeah. We, essentially, he's playing riffs on the drums. You know, because yes. I mean? he understands the riff and that's the yeah. way it kind of goes. But we didn't. I didn't get bogged down about like oh, I have I have this whole section, Keith. Like this is what we're doing. It was more like pretty much every song I would come in with like oh, I've been fucking about with these four riffs for the past 50 minutes before we've came here. What should we do? And there was just no rules. So, oh, 
most of it was made up on the spot between me and Keith, which is, right. I think that's you something say, that's, kind of, that's kind of lost, like, in music a lot. I think there's, like, a lot of stuff, like, it's planned before it's even happened. And yes. sometimes you don't get that rawness, that kind of, like, fuck, that guy's having fun feeling yes. like. Yeah, actually, yeah. yes. Go on, there's no rules unless uh, unless I come in with a, a blast and then he's like, what are you doing? And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, like, maybe three practices later, he's like, that's the best bit. <laughs> well, you know, Rich, you know that that, yeah. that 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 type of blast is in this album all the time. When we first started writing tunes, I was like, I fucking hate that. <laughs> and, then, and then Keith got me into Pink Destroyer, and I was listening to them for a bit. Ah, sure, Jesus <laughs> Christ, there's the perfect example. Yeah, I fell, I fell in love with some of the riffs, especially like Army of Cops, and that. I was like, fuck, yeah. that's metal. And then just slowly but surely, that I was like, Keith, see that wee blast, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? It, it definitely defines the sound as well of this album. Those drums, yeah. the way you had them done, Keith. We're going to talk about more stuff and maybe your role as sometimes like we we referenced it before as you're doing a Lars Ulrich on it, man. But but uh, <laughs> we just examine your role as a conductor in maybe one or two songs that are coming up. I'd be just interested to hear your views on it, trying to keep the boy here in line, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm quite worried with the uh, the reference to Lars Ulrich, but uh, Lars, I, I really rate. Yeah, yeah. I really rate Lars Ulrich because I think he's like one of those drummers that he plays exactly what Metallica need. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I actually really like his drummer. I think he's fucking ace. But uh, I know a lot of people don't. But <laughs> no, I think it's like it's exactly what it needs for the riff. It's, it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just there fucking leather. Playing for the tune, kind of thing. Playing for the tune, yeah, exactly. Okay, second track, Eyes of Divine. Here we go. This is the section I picked out for it. <laughs> of the album there's nice punches in it Luke with this <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of littered right through the album it's another fucking punch isn't it really yeah totally I, I, I enjoy that kind of you know you're playing a riff and then suddenly you're just hitting the open strings at the bottom but they're out of tune on purpose yeah. <laughs> so like they're, they're not in the key of what you're playing it doesn't sound nice yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it sounds yeah. fucking yeah it's just a 
I kind of, I guess, like subconsciously, I just must just love doing that and just kind of throw them in quite mm. a lot. Like, I guess, so. yeah. But I, really, I, I, I think that riff, I mean, I, I, like we, we knew it was a good riff, but then you're going through the recording process and then you get to the end and every musician goes, is this shit? Are folk going to like this? You know what I mean? Everyone, everyone does that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. then releasing that song first, and just suddenly it paying off and everyone being like, oh, people were grabbing me when I was just going to other gigs, shouting in my face, that fucking riff, man. I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, no, it's, it's good. And I think we, we joke saying that's got the Hollywood chorus. That <laughs> forever going to get to Hollywood, writing about limos is because of that fucking chorus. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, maybe talk about uh, the vocal performance on with Luke and Chris in that song in particular, because that section for me, I thought was... So fucking powerful with the two vocals there, one on top of the other. Yeah, man. I think with this album, we've definitely gone much more for the the dual vocals. Yeah, I think duality, that stage, yeah. you kind of follow like your heroes and the way that their bands are set up. That's kind of how you start out as a band, and you're like, Do you know what? You've got the singer, you've got this, you've got this, like all all of these bands that you watch when you're growing up, like Metallica, Pantera and all that, Slayer, they've always got these these formations and there's always a main singer, there's always that feeling behind it. And it wasn't until, like, we started using them in Electric Abyss, obviously, the two yeah. vocals. But in this album, you're kind of like, why are we not utilising all the best tools we have yeah. to make the best album ever? And this one was just, like, both vocals blaring, sounding like one big man. <laughs> is basically the best possible way to do it. And I think their voices have melded together so much now that sometimes I was like, oh, I can't hear Chris there or I can't hear Luke. And yeah. then when you eliminate one of them, you're like, oh, it, was the it is there. You just kind of, they they've merged together now, which is yeah. really cool. Isn't it? it is really cool, yeah. And the way that the vocals sound on it, like the absolute epicness of, the, for example, that chorus, yeah, is just exactly the kind of sound that I want. There's quite a lot of, quite a lot of times where you'll be listening to a new band. There's loads of new bands that come out and someone sends it to you. And you put it on, and you're just waiting for the singing to ruin it. Uh, I tend to find because, like, that's the most likely thing that's going to not be to my taste. And I think that what they're doing is just exactly the type of vocals I want to hear. Like, if you if you're concentrating and you're listening to it, you can hear what they're saying, but mm. it just sounds absolutely brutal. And it's also toned, and I like tones like when it's heavy as hell, but toned not yep. without doing the actual singing, singing. But like. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my favourite way of working where you get a chorus that actually is catchy or, well, it's got a hook, but it's not singing, it's not like a pop chorus or anything like that. It's yes. within it still being metal as hell. It's yeah. catchy. That's yeah. that's like my favourite thing. And that's why Eyes is so good for me kind of thing. Yeah, And I think, I, like, I think there's, you can be really, really quite crafty with like getting <laughs> hooks and coming up with different types of hooks, but I think it's something that's quite like lost in metal. There's not... Like the singer just sometimes sings from start to finish in a yeah. song, but there's no actual part that captured you or like a, yeah. a, a kind of proper hook. So I'm, I'm, we're all really into just having still some sort of hook, whether that be on the vocals or the drums or the guitar or that. It's, it's a, it's a valid point, Luke, because I think it's something that's kind of slowly faded out with metal. The, the last yeah. time there was really great hooks, you probably look at the late 80s, 90s, and yeah. you're talking about your traditional grunge bands. They all had fucking fantastic hooks as yeah. well, and, and a great singer to back it up, but it just turned on its head, really. And sometimes an album, to me, it, it depends on the vocalist's delivery. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and if they're creative with their delivery, they're either dueling up or, you know, using different effects. It keeps the listener um, interested as well. I think, yeah. there's a, I think there's also with vocals, it's like, if the vocalist like 
fucking means it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can tell when they're pelting it out. Mm. That makes such a difference. I'm sure someone told me years ago, it's like, it doesn't matter what you're saying as long as you fucking mean it when yeah. you're singing a song. And it's like, it's true. You can be singing about, you know, wizards and like, you know, <laughs> mad fucking sci-fi horror, which we do quite a lot. Yeah, you it's good that it doesn't it. matter what we were talking about. <laughs> like, uh, by the, the lyrics, uh, the lyrics of the whole album, I managed to get weirdly get them together all within like five weeks, uh, and just like well, I was working at the same time and stuff like that. But because I did that, I mean, I wasn't too precious. It's I always come up with like, what's the hook? How's it going to sound before I kind of come up with lyrics? And then the writing yeah. the lyric process is like it's just fun because you're just you know drinking cans, watching horror films and stuff like that, and they just kind of naturally come. But because I did it in such a small succession, they're all kind of weirdly linked. It's not okay. like uh, it's not a concept album, but it's the fucking closest we could get. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by- but, uh, Eyes of the Divine's about like you know some sort of like nomad scouring the the desert wastelands on some sort of ridiculous planet, looking for holy men to cut their eyes out and keep them for fun. And sorry, all the lyrics came from like the idea that chorus, like "Born to Murder the World." I don't know if you've ever seen a film called "Lord of Illusions" by Clive Barker. I've I've read the book. I think. Yeah, so, yeah. So, it was a book, so the main yeah. guy, the Puritan, that was like okay. the kind of basis of this like, idea came. He wears a uh, big weird mask in that. That I was like, well, that's heavy metal as fuck. Uh, I'm sure at one point he shouts, "I was born to murder the world." So I was like, "Fucking course." <laughs> and here I was thinking it was a Stephen King influenced song, but yeah, that's cool, man. Clive Barker, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. No, I read loads of his stuff when it was like it was like a mixture of Clive Barker. Obviously, the Evil Dead, the Necronomicon. I mean, the Necronomicon was present when we recorded the whole fucking album. As it should be. <laughs> but you know, just uh, uh, kind of fully immerse yourself in just all this cool stuff and the sci-fi horror that you're reading, and then that's what comes out. So yeah, we've we've kind of become cosmic horror, and I think <laughs> cosmic kind of horror, cosmic horror metal is basically what we are. <laughs> yeah. I'm conscious of staying too much on the one song, but uh, 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 you got Alan Swan in uh, to do a fantastic video. Where was the church? Church is honestly right next door to my house, man. It's wow. like it's my next door neighbor, Jesus. So, <laughs> no, uh, so to be fair, the guy's called Craig and he runs this, I think it's like SG Solutions or something like that. He bought over the church, it was only a hundred grand, but he's like a mountain rescue guy. Okay, so in there, they've kitted all the ceiling out. I think it's opening actually this Saturday when we do the launch. Uh, we're invited along, weirdly, uh, but he uh, he's kitted all the, the roof out to be like for training people for mountain rescue, but I would just clocked him in the garden one time. I was like, all right, mate, I'm your neighbor. So I ended up getting chatting, got a tour of the place. I was standing there. I was like, so this would be great for a metal video. Yeah, of course. <laughs> You're in a band. I was like, aye. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was a case. He was just the nicest guy. He gave us the keys and was like, fucking bash away guys. Go for it. Yeah. Fantastic. And that's why you can see like the big rigging in the middle, but we were like, that's not going to ruin it. If anything, it just makes it look more mental. Yeah. And like, because big bits of metal are always going to look cool. Yeah, I think <laughs> somebody see, threw that on the comment section about the ring. Yeah. <laughs> you see, uh, you see, like this was shot at the end, me just doing the fine, final scream, eyes of the divine, and you can see my breath and literally steam like coming off uh, my face, and that's because it was fucking cold as fuck from around there. It was like we did it in January. It was like snow. Ah, Jesus! It looked okay. really warm the video, but it was fucking Baltic. It was Baltic. Eh? Yeah, class, man. That really was uh, the obvious single, wasn't it? The first single for all of you. Well, as any, any band always have arguments over what should be the single and that, but I was like, has to be, man. 
Sure. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, we all agreed there on that. The first and second spot on of Severed Gods is next. I'm uh, looking forward to your sex your section. Sex? I'm glad you said it, not me. Of Severed <laughs> Gods. Here we go. sake <laughs> <laughs> my god like jesus there's just like that section again was deliberate because i wanted to get across the power of the chorus and the different little fucking intricate changes and then it just goes all out trash at the end um, <laughs> it's so there's so much going on with that song i just went how are they going to actually do this live that must be a difficult one, I'd say. Or are you gonna go? No, it's probably the easiest. It's it's, it's not like riff wise. It's not. I don't know about you and drums, Keith. It's just uh, like I, I sing that whole song, and it's a, it's like singing in the studio is a bit different to be just leathering riffs and be like, oh yeah, fuck, I have to breathe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's a fact. It's the fastest like like syllables of like I've sang in a long time. Uh, okay. Oh, it's got, we've got to a point that's starting to fucking banging now, so it's all good, like. Because yeah. mm. that's so been a for a wee bit now, so. I think the hardest thing about playing that song live on drums is playing at the speed it's meant to be rather than too fast. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I always come on and I'm just like, ah! And it doesn't help, to be like, it doesn't help fuck I'm, I'm usually shouting to the crowd just before it keeps doing the counting. This is a fast one. It keeps like, I know. <laughs> uh, it's weird that like the fastest songs, you think you would play them too slow, if anything, but I always just speed up for some reason. And I wonder why my legs are absolutely burning. And then uh, I watched the video back and I played it like twice the speed. But saying that, we played it twice the speed, but we we're still really tight as fuck. Yeah, we were tight. My, so that's the my right arm was killing me. I was like, man, I can't fucking breathe here, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
But that end bit, that end bit, Richie, like that part you were talking about there. So that's that's all made up in the jam room. I didn't even have that riff. And that all the intricacies in that we did, we just did in what half an hour, Keith. And we just yeah, because that was when you get the like the weird and then the second time it does it twice. And it's like it was just these changes that were like it's three and then it's two. And then just to yeah. mess with people's minds, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, was like, there was like a lots of backwards and forwards of being like, just like, oh yeah, let's make that too. Why? Because it's fucking cool. Fuck it. It was, like, <laughs> it was almost like I do feel like when we were writing this stuff, we, we went into like the, the jam room and it was just, ex- I mean, it was during COVID, so it was just exciting to be there to get yeah. out and be able to do stuff. Okay. And I think we did a really good job, Keith, for like kind of just going in with like the, the blank brain. Like total mm. white noise and be like, fuck it, let's just fucking do whatever we want. You know what I mean? I mean fun. that that section that came in there is pretty much just like a it's almost like playing about with the different kick styles that you can get. Like uh, the first bit that comes in is a uh, full on kicks, then it's like quadruplets and then it's triplets, and then it's uh, the slower kicks that are in the I don't know what it's called, but they're basically in sixes yeah. almost. And it just it's just a section, but it ends up sounding cool as fuck. <laughs> but is it just constant repetition in practice and that makes you remember this? No, we're pretty good at just kind of, like me and Keith are pretty good at just like remembering. Like yeah. kind of what we did. But what we do do is we just record it on the phone, like there and then, and usually completely forget that we ever wrote it. And then <laughs> and then we'll, we'll be like four songs later. And I'm talking about we were, we were if we were pumping a song out like a practice kind of thing we were just like yeah that sounds cool uh and then we would be like fuck we should probably go back and try and remember that one yeah. and either listen to jam but a lot of times we'd be like you know round of mind drinking cans or something but we're allowed to and then we'd be like oh get that tune on and then made our friends suffer listening yeah. to our phone recordings that let's miss but <laughs> so yeah so yeah it's like I, it's kind of just uh, even though keith's on the drum kit it is definitely like the mentality of two guitarists just oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. Let's talk about the role of Barry um, in the band. Like, does Barry get these when they're more or less demoed to hell, or it completely depends? To be honest, like sometimes the because we were doing it during COVID, you weren't allowed multiple people and all that stuff. So basically, me and Luke would go in and write bits and pieces, and then Barry will come in. But he still has says on things as well. Like he'll come in and he'll be like, "Oh, that bit isn't." like doesn't really isn't as good there or things things like that you know what i mean but yeah. he comes in and basically has to learn the songs as we're going from luke's hands and yes. luke is, like prides himself on doing what james hetfield does where basically you barely move your hand <laughs> so, so when he's playing riffs that are complicated it's like just like fuck's sake i honestly couldn't count how many times barry's called me a fucking dick Oh, well, I, I, I do the same. I absolutely do the same. That tail, then he would be saying things like, but that tail is the same as a tail that's like halfway through the song, but you just change two notes and a tiny little bit of the time. And I'm like, that's, I know, man. Uh, like, well, what's, <laughs> well, what's the point? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking when I did it. <laughs> Barry's, yeah, Barry's skill for being able to learn what you're doing is mental. Like, uh, yeah. quite a lot of the time, I, I think you get bases really no, simple no. stuff whereas Barry will just play everything it's pretty pretty mad like unless it suits it being simplified sort of thing and even then Barry's not the first to kind of he's not the first to say oh I'm going to slow that down he's more like he's just like, like for instance Barry we call him kind of he is like a machine he likes things in binary so a little, <laughs> a little like 
I'll write like no, I'll just write some tabs because it's not that he learns off the tabs, he learns off me, but it's just like little as Keeper saying, I play like that. So it just is he likes that having that and it, and it's only when I'm tabbing it, I'm like, fucking hell, what was I doing? And I can't sometimes yeah. I find it really hard because I just do it kind of thing. Yeah. But he takes that away and then he'll put his own spin on the whole thing and like okay. bits and stuff. But a lot of the times we'll say, Oh, I'll just play like a kind of more straightforward note there rather than he's learned the guitar riff on the mm. bass. Yes. And then he'll, then he'll kind of simplify it down. We're kind of open to, all of us are kind of open to suggestions about all our instruments. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not immediately, but once well, it's yeah. set. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's some experience, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you try writing something like that. <laughs> but, but we are, but like, even though like, you, know, nah. you, you want to defend your own ideas and stuff, but it, it nah, all nah, we're that point. That usually would be like, there's two ideas, and then we just say, oh, well, quickly we've already merged that into one that wouldn't have happened unless we were all in the room together yeah. at the same time. So, yeah. okay. it's mm-hmm. the best ideas. So. Okay. Here's it's a... also probably when we're all together, it's the best time when songs that aren't good enough get scrapped. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like, we could be playing a song with me and Luke for your jamming it, and you get right into it because you're doing all these intricacies. But then maybe Barry can come in and be like, I don't like that. And then it makes you question it. And then you're like, maybe that isn't good enough. And then it kind of, you don't even say it, but that song just slowly sort of falls by the wayside. Okay. And the other songs take precedence or whatever. And then that song just disappears. Yeah. So I think it is important, things like that, because sometimes it's hard I, to see that in what you're doing at the time. Yeah, when you're so hyper-focused on it. But it's also like that we all have that same feeling of, this song has to give me that vibe of like, mm. oh, or otherwise, you know, we're not doing ourselves justice. Yeah. It has to have that feeling, and that's what we go by. So. Okay. Yeah. Track four is the ball. This is Sheer Fury. <laughs>
if you want to hear the full album, buy it. I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> this song, I think the slugs would approve. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I would approve. Like, they would I, approve of the ghosty bands. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I told them, man. Yeah, I guess what can't wait to show fucking Big Sean and Ron and that and just be like fucking check. I think they've all, I think they didn't all hear the demos, Keith, when they were They've over. heard the demos, aye, but they've not heard the proper ones. Aye, we were we were in some fucking neck as well. When, when we were <laughs> <laughs> but oh, aye. He is a I was some. talking to Ron about it because um, you're correct, you did give him the demos and Ronan just goes to me, he goes, it's unfucking believable waiting you hear how heavy they're after getting. He was just saying it's one of the best he's heard. So I don't know about the Sean, but like, I mean, Ronan was definitely forthright and saying it's fucking fantastic. It's super heavy and great riffs and everything. So, man. Well, that's easy. That, that tune is like, that's the other one that I was like, that should maybe be the single because that is, it's just fucking stonking. It is. But like what we were thinking was we'll have multiple singles and the wall has got to be yeah. one of them because... The wall is just like it's the first tune that's dropped to is it G sharp? G sharp, yeah. Drop G sharp. Drop G sharp. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So as soon as it comes in, it's got that immediate punch of like this is lower than all the stuff before it kind of thing. And yes. uh, it's funny because that bit that you that you showed there, mm. where it's almost like a trick where you're expecting it to go in a thrash beat or something yeah, like that, yeah. and then it just beefs out instead. Yeah. But that uh, that drum beat because I've never learned a like proper drumming techniques and stuff like that. I've just taught myself through mm. us playing in the, the room and uh, listening to other bands and stuff like that. And then uh, I learned that kind of, it's like a ghost note thing, but like with that, the weird sort of ghost notes in the snare. And I learned that by playing, uh, I think it's Love Gun. Kiss. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, heard it, I heard it in a Kiss song and I was like, that's actually really cool. Like, <laughs> and then I was like, right, I've learned how to play that. And then I did double kicks and I was like, well, that sounds cool. And then we got to that bit in the wall and I was building up for the thing and then I was like, no, nah, I'm going to do the Kiss beat. <laughs> <laughs> and it ended up sounding fucking awesome. It does, yeah. And I mean, what other fucking interviewer could get that out of you? Like, <laughs> you're in the circle of trust, Keith. I love it. And what's the story behind the song, The Wall? The Wall, uh, really just, I, I, was, I, was, I was going to go to Hadrian's Wall. Uh, okay. And was going to, I was kind of, I don't know, I think I was Googling like, like words, because not all of the walls there, obviously, it's all falling mm. down and shit. Mm. And then I came across this thing that's like, there was a cult of Mithras in the wall uh, that was actually buried deep within it. And it was all the generals and the high hegians of the Roman army. They were all like secretly go down at night with the hoods on and they would all believe in the cult of Mithras, which is the bull of war. But that was like outlawed in the in the empire. You weren't allowed to believe in any religion. Mm. So it was, all, it was only like for the high noble ones that were allowed to go down there. So I just liked that concept. Cool. And I like the idea of that wall's probably seen more blood and guts than any, well, like a lot of other structures in time. So yeah. the idea of the, the walls, like, you know, it breathes and pulses death and it yeah. wants to, like, feed on pretty much if you get too close to it, you're fucked. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of, it's all about the bull of war conquering all and, like, you being, like, your crest and your army being hung from the wall and shit like that. Yeah. And I like the quenching the will of the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really wanting people Myth to be Rass is, Yeah, Mithras is... Uh, which is the will of the wall. I was like, oh, that sounds fucking cool, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that uh, you came to me with that 
you had that riff. You had the title. You had you came up. Yeah, with yeah, the I had the title separately, yeah. but you you had a riff, and you, I think it was called the Vein or something at the time. Just, <laughs> yeah, totally. and I was like, cool. Uh, but that basically the Wall. I'd been drunk at parties all the time, being like, I want to start a band called the Wall, and you're not allowed to be in it. And <laughs> and then uh, no, but then we were. He, he ended up writing that riff, and it's just like the chunkiest, heaviest thing, and it suits a name like the Wall. And then yeah. you wrote an entire. Yeah, thing about it, and it was mental. But it's quite cool as well because when you're using things like, say, that have happened in the past in Britain or something like that, yeah. you can completely alter the facts because we aren't using the version that is the past yeah. in Britain. We're using it yeah. in a completely different universe, a different planet, different yeah. thing yes. entirely. So mm-hmm. it just you end up writing your own lore almost, which yeah. is quite cool. Like, yes. and, uh, almost just a big part of that kind of thing. And it, so it happens a lot, like that. You know, Keith or Barry, will, they'll, they'll whip out just even a word, and then suddenly my brain's like, and I'll run away, and, <laughs> and I'll just be like, I've written that song from that one thing you said. What did I say? <laughs> oh, yeah, the wall. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I've got yeah, this whole yeah. song about it. Just because it's like, I just need a spark sometimes of just like, that's a cool idea. I can imagine yeah. that being a song, mm. and the wall is a great title for a song, and. Just that as well, like 100% seriousness. Yeah, it's nice that you tied it into Hadrian's Wall, which is cool. Big shout out as well to Hell Ripper, um, Mm. who's doing his part for promoting Scottish history. And, you know, it's it's incredible what depth you can go to if you have a good historic grasp on what you're talking about. And certainly Ireland isn't exposed enough to songs about our history and our or fantasy, or you know the the heroes, yeah. Cucullin and all yeah. like that. Um, so I love when I mean, a band. Ireland's Ireland's history is like mental. I mean, yeah, like all the folklore and stuff like that. I mean, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, about yeah. that's that's thirty bands worth of shit going on there. That all the songs are consistently cool. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, it's great because like I mean Scotland has it as well. The Celts. I mean, hello. So like, yeah, it's cool that you did. You did a shout out to Hadrian's Wall. Uh, keep that explanation, Luke. Just don't change it. <laughs> okay, Mars, the second single. Uh, this is my section I took out of it. The sins come in at the end. They're the riffs I live for. 
<laughs> They're the ones that define me in music. Those ones. Thank you, Luke. I want to use we're, that. We're, we're going to quote you. <laughs> Thank You'll you be so quoted much. all over the album. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Like, when I heard that, like, it was just tears. Like, just like, <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Just building up to that riff. Are you conscious of where you are in the song in relation to maybe when I deliver this, the fucking crow will go bananas? Like, is there any element of that to you as a band that like Bode of could kind of just stop in the middle and go, holy shit, man, we hit me play this live? Yeah. <laughs> now, now, now that we've been playing that, yeah, because it's like we've seen the reaction of people that hadn't heard it before. Mm. And the first time they're pitting and they're going fucking Raj and I've never heard the song before. That riff just comes in at the end and folk are like, holy shit. And then they just go for it. Yeah. But on uh, on Saturday, it's the first time we get to play it when everyone's seen the video and everyone knows what to expect. So I'm yes. hoping that the fucking Stephen will came in <laughs> from <Yeah>. metal. <laughs> it's a great second single. What Carpenter built the the triangle oh right so that's uh my brother-in-law squee they got married uh when, when squee and custody got married uh september what? actually yeah. just before we went in to record the album and our uncle had built this like that built that triangle for like some beautiful art behind their ceremony when they got mm. married and the whole time i was like that's heavy metal as fuck <laughs> <laughs> that just looks really fucking heavy metal so it was like the day before we went in the film at LaBelle, I was like, Scree, you still got that triangle from your wedding? He's like, oh yeah, man, it's in the garden. We'll be round the now. <laughs> so we just somehow fitted it in the band van and just uh, just took it up, built it up there. And it's just a, a like a, such an evil kind of ominous shape to have yes. in a metal video. I would say there's some sort of hidden meaning in it, but it's not. It just looks heavy metal as fuck. It, yeah, it, so. it does, yeah. Who gowned up on it? Who was... Um... Oh, that was Barry. He had the greatest... Was it Barry? Yeah, yeah, he had the greatest beard. So. <laughs> Poor Barry, man. I remember when that beard was fucking black, man. Jesus <laughs> I remember when he had hair. <laughs> <laughs> I also had hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're getting sentimental here. Um, <laughs> Mars, why the title Mars? Is it in connection with the, the whole... Story running through the album. Yep, I mean that's this one's really. If you think of the front cover, the uh, the red verse. Yeah, uh, this that's all about Mars. So okay. again, Clive Barker. I was reading. I can't remember. I wish I'd remembered the short story. It was. It was in the Books of Blood. I think it was like volumes four to six or some shit. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. This Jesus, guy. That's this, a long time ago. Holy. This fuck. guy. This guy is like he's got everything in the world, but he feels like God's not with him anymore. So he creates hell on earth. And the whole time he's like torturing folk in this big massive silo that he's got. And God never comes, but he always feels like someone's following him. And it turns out it's the devil who's following the whole time and he just dies in this like chamber. But then I love the idea of like someone just creating something that's like like evil as fuck, like some sort of layer based thing like that. So I kind of changed the idea and made it the pain construct, but that would be created on Mars by the supreme great old beings. Yeah. And and then in my head the whole time, I was just like, yeah, Stonehenge on Mars, man. It just sounds metal as fuck. Mm. So that's how I kind of came up with the concept of the front cover and just spurted yeah. that all out to Laura, who did our front cover. Yeah, she, she did a fantastic well. job. Showed all that in the pub, like, oh, that's Stonehenge on Mars. We do. And she was like, no. Cool. <laughs> so that was her first draft. I hope this is okay, guys. And we're like, well, that's exactly what was in my brain. So wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. 
it's like, yeah, the lyrics are really dark and grim. Uh, I really like the part when it says, was again, the devil lurks at the gates as God rots in paradise. So I was like, yeah. that's fucking, that's, that sums it up. You know what I mean? Yes. That, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that they, we wrote the As the Nail Deepens bit kind of almost oh, yeah. as, as a band, like pretty much the day before. Uh, while we were going to record, we just like, we changed the the chorus because it just wasn't sounding good enough. And then Keith, we ended up with that. Keith, it was, uh, remember, we had, we had recorded. It was the same day the, we changed the lyrics. We recorded all the guitars. Right. And we were taking the day off. And I'd recorded the lyrics to that. And we were in the pub after it, drinking pints. And you were like, here, why don't you fucking change the timing of that? So it goes, as a nail deepens, in the hand of God. Yes. And I was like, well, we're going tomorrow and change it. That's <laughs> had a different timing, like. Yeah. Poor Jamie. Yeah. Plus, uh, I think Mars originally had like a quite a long intro that we used to play in the practice room. It was like a long instrumental bit, and then we always got to that stage where it came in with the Forgotten World, and then we were just like, "Fuck it, let's yeah. just cut the start completely and just have it with starting with full vocals, full triplets, full yes. everything." Because we've never. Never done that before. Yeah. Never yeah, done yeah, that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it works. Also, it was like every band's probably had this feeling of like you have this intro part and you play the whole song and you're like, yeah, that was quite cool. And then someone makes like Keith in this scenario, like made that decision. Why don't we just fucking get rid of that bit? And then suddenly you do it and you play it and the song's just so much more exciting. You're just like, yeah. oh my God. You get that feeling. You're like, I can't fucking wait to play that again. Because yeah. it was like, you know, yeah. just getting rid of that, the part that wasn't needed is just to the point and vicious. Like, as Danielle would say, straight in, no kissing. <laughs> Thumbs it up like. Okay, we move on to Relic. Now, the album needed a breeder, and um, <laughs> but it needed something special. I think this is really a great piece of work. Um, it's, it's just fantastic. Let, let's just hear the section um, I took out of it. Just a nice surprise at the end without ruining it. <laughs> what acoustic guitar did you use? I actually used uh, it as a classical guitar. So okay, like, classic. Strings. Okay. Uh, I used, oh, I can't remember the name of it. It's my mate's one, Tommy Concrete from Tommy Concrete. Oh, Tommy, shout out to Tommy. Yeah, yeah. cool. Shout out to Tommy. Uh, I knew he had one. Um, okay. I knew he had lots of guitars, but it was just recently I saw him, he was playing the classical. So I just gave him a call and was like, look, man, like, uh, I was going to actually use my fucking beat up one I've got here. Where is it? Fucking somewhere. 
my first guitar, literally, because that's what oh. I wrote on. And it was like, you know, I, I can get in tune, but it's only me that can get in tune. It has this, like, kind of warped and stuff. But I, in my head, I had the idea. I was like, well, I wrote on that. So, you know, it'd be quite cool, quite a cool thing to record mm. on the first guitar. And then last minute, I was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You know, <laughs> just, just get a better guitar. So I asked yeah. him. And he lent me it. And so I sent, played it and sent and gave him the guitar back. We kind of sent him the track. And he was okay. like, fuck you, you dick. I've not recorded anything on that guitar yet. <laughs> You've recorded this. This is amazing. Because ah, I was yeah. going to ask, was there any guest appearances on the album? And even a song like Relic, I was thinking, wouldn't it be nice if there was someone on that? But there isn't, no? No guest nah, appearance throughout the whole nah, album. Yeah. Just me, man. Um, and I like I like the ideas. That didn't that didn't actually take that long to get that whole bit together. I didn't have any ideas from other parts in the past for that. I was just kind of that sitting with the white noise, like the total blank head, just essentially yeah. proper mindfulness, just pulling shapes with the hand yeah. whilst you know, watching uh, Japanese uh, samurai films that Alan uh, Swan had lent me. <laughs> so even the first recording of that, when I finally got got it together, I was like, "That's cool. We'll just record it." You can yeah. hear like <laughs> samurai sword fighting in the background, folks' <laughs> heads flying off and stuff. Hey, eh? like yeah, uh, but no, nah, I like it because it's it's not got like it's not really got a structure. It's not got like a verse or a chorus. It kind of just flows and the there's a flow to it. All the change and initially, I'd kind of. I suppose it's like when you're writing anything and just about going record it, especially something as bare as like just a classical guitar. Mm. I was almost going to go overboard and like there's a cup, there's a tiny little bit of synth in the background. Yeah. But in my head, I was almost going to build it up to be almost orchestral level. And I'm really glad I did it because it's just the no. guitar bare. And that's what gives it that kind of feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I like that it's like warts and all. So you can hear scuffs and things like that on the guitar. I think it just makes it so much more, it's like a human thing in amongst this album, this cosmic yeah. power. And I quite like that. I mean, it's obviously got a wee sneaky synth in the back to give yeah. it a bit of... But it's, so it's almost, it's almost like the planet behind you. It's cool. Yeah. Right? The synth film is just, it's, it's kind of just done. So it's just there. And it kind of yeah. comes a little bit more at one section, but then it's always kind of constantly disappearing. So it's like that yeah. subconsciously, you just think it's the guitar. Kind of it kind of just gives it a nice tint, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, because yeah. I mean, like it's an open-ended song for me in relation to... It gives the listener an opportunity, obviously, to take a break from all the riffs, but it also gives them, as you said, time to just reflect and and think about your own shit while you're listening to listening to the acoustic. Um, Mm. That's what I found with it, you know. Yeah, what though? That that means like no, without being cheesy, that means a lot, man, because that's me, you know, like striking emotions out of other human beings. So that's yeah, absolutely, because it's it's open ended, you know, and and. I'm glad you didn't do the big fucking orchestra because it's that's a bit yeah. contrived, you know. Yeah, but yeah, but I think there was definitely maybe there was a level of, you know, like a, give me a guitar dropped in G sharp and I'll fucking leather it. But when it comes to like <laughs> just, just that, give that you know that classical guitar the most complicated bit. Even if you hear the other stuff I've done before, which I'm really proud of, yeah. it's still usually like layers up and layers up, mm. and then it's a big heavy song. Whereas yeah. this was just its own piece. It was like, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Excellent stuff. Okay. So I do have a few favorites on the album. It will change, obviously, over time, but this certainly is one of them. It awaits. So here we go.
excuse my French, but you're teasing cunts. I must say, like, <laughs> like especially you, Keith, in that fucking section that I picked there, the drumming there, you're just like teasing it, almost sleight of hand, you know, fooling <laughs> the listener and then fucking bang. <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, I remember writing that because I'd written, obviously, we, we just were playing it. We were just playing that chunky riff and I was like, yes, doing the fills that felt good at the time. Yeah. Recorded it on a phone. And then, uh, but obviously I'm just making up the fills as I go along. So then, uh, like we were playing it the next time at Jam and then I, I played like a different fill and Luke was fucking raging. It was like, it was like Where the fuck, where's that fill? Where's the fill that you did on the recording? Just do it like you did in the phone recording. And I was like, that was off the cuff itself, but obviously it just was like, it was the right fills for the right place. Yeah, so, the, the one I remember when you're like, I still get pissed off if you don't do that. I was yeah. like, that was you just mucking about. And I was like, that's really important to me, that film. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that film? Get it back in. Yeah. That was that's yeah. a good example at the end of that, of, of uh, again, Riff just made up on the spot, just fucking jamming what's cool. But really, I was just holding that riff and Keith's actually just writing the riffs on the, yes. on the drum. Yeah. And then he would be writing as, as the fills and I would be changing all the, the kind of variations and changes you hear in the riff are because Keith's had changed something. So I was like, I'm copying his riff. And yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. that's a great ending. Can't really play it, that. It's right. fantastic. And again, it just kills the predictability that a lot of bands fall into in following that riff to the nth degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas Keith was just teasing the listener. So, the, so the, the lyrics at the end of that song, I fucking, I don't know, I still kind of swither as to whether that's one of my favourite bits of singing. Yeah, it's the singing. I was just going to get yeah. on to that. So all that, all the effects at the end of that, I remember it was like the one part I didn't have an idea for. I didn't have any like vocal ideas or like, I'd kind of maybe mucked about with some timings, but I was singing over the whole riff and I was like, doesn't fucking need that. It's like, too much. There's all. There's yeah. already loads of singing at the start. Mm. So that old "Born of the Dying Age," the basilisk. I just went into the recording studio. Had no fucking clue what I was going to do. I just that's what came out. I just right. sang that. You like Jamie an effect. Yeah, just like just Jamie had an effect on that. So I think it's like "Born of the Dying Age," the basilisk devours the possessed. And then the second time, it just says, lurking it awaits. And I was like, well, that sounds fucking cool. <laughs> I, I remember that because I remember you saying, I'm just going to go in and do some lyrics. And I was like, trying to persuade you. Nah, the end doesn't need any lyrics because it's so fucking heavy and cool anyway. Because I was like, this is going to be shite if you just do it on the spot. <laughs> yeah. It would just be mumbled lyrics. But then you did it. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's fucking cool. Like. <laughs> and to be fair to Jamie as well, you know, not to be diminishing he's rolling it i'm sure he was open-minded enough with a lot of your changes even though it was last minute like no nah, he's like he's brilliant and just as a guy to have like on your side when you're recorded because he's like really patient but also like when it kind of comes to going into more of the kind of producer side and what's cool mm. uh he's got an opinion you know what i mean and his opinion mm. an opinion we value because he's like you know he's metal and we've kept him for years with be pals and that but yeah. like There'd be some parts where, like, for instance, getting jumping a gun bit, like, but of Severed Gods, when it does the whole whispering part, like, blessed yeah. be the bastard kin. I sang, like, whispered that, and I knew we had to kind of get an effect on it to make it cool. But Keith's in, the, Keith's in the booth, and he's like, that's a load of shite, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but Jamie's like, no, nah, dude, that's, that's, this is really going to capture that part of the song. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it does, especially, and it's funny how... One of, one of the lines you can hear how Scottish I am. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, arrow of eternal sin. <laughs> you you did break him though, though, didn't she? 
What's that? You did break Jamie though, didn't you? You fucked oh, him yeah. up. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he's went through three hair cuts and one broken yeah, leg. There you go. So. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But uh, I think, to nah, be fair, it must it must be tough for him as well because as a sound engineer, we don't play to a click. Yeah. So yeah. I think that kind of engineers aren't really, they don't really deal with that anymore. It tends to be that everything's quantized into a, to a click. So therefore, if you need to redo a section, you know that it's perfectly in, whereas yeah. it's just me and Luke jamming with each other. Yeah. And then we add all the stuff on top of it. So everyone's having to play along with that. So if there's sections that we need to change, it needs to get a bit creative. <laughs> We're working out like you can re- maybe replace wee bits, but no much. Like I'm sure he just breaks open a bottle of bubbly when he fuck off and goes, thank <laughs> Christ. Oh, he goes I... into Laura and she fucking rubs his head like and goes, <laughs> everything's okay, Jamie. They're gone for another few years. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, then after four years, he's forgot how horrible it was. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it, man. No, Fuck but like, uh, he's, he's a good dude. And I'm like, I'm so glad that we went with this album with him as well. Because it's like, it just would, it wouldn't have sounded like this. Or, no, I think it's I important think when it you're would. in a studio environment, you need to be with someone that you trust and who, yeah. gets, who gets what we yeah. are trying to do. Yeah. And I know a lot of recording engineers would be like, what, you're not using a click? And you're like, but I, but it's, it's really important to who yeah. we are and how we sound. Mm. And I know a lot of guys would like be turning their noses up at that. But Jamie gets that. He gets making mm-hmm. it real. You, c- you could see that relationship in the electric abyss, lads. Yeah, you know this is the fruition think, uh, of it. Like one of the best, one of the things that's good to see from that as well is like obviously as a band you can see progression between albums, mm. but it's good to see progression from an engineer. So yeah, like yeah. when I listen to the electric abyss, like I, that sounds amazing and it sounds great, and he did a really good job with that. That was just recorded in our practice room, like but with yeah. all the stuff. But then moving then to the red verse, I'm like that's a step above that. So it's good to see that Jamie is just constantly on the up as well. Like you always want to know that people are just constantly learning. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's nice because it was like in the studios, we were the first band in uh, Nameless City Sound Studio. So like mm. it was exciting for Jamie that he didn't really know his room that well at that point. So, I mean, okay. even on the guitar cab, we had about eight mics in it. I was like, really? Yeah. He's like, just in pace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first band did it and then he's gone into administration. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I hate him even more. <laughs> okay, uh, track eight is Godless Carrion Pit. I can guess what bit you're going to pick from this. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Okay, right. We'll see. Is it we'll the, see. We'll is see. It, does it go like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do it.
Now, there's a song out of a lot of them there that I was imagining you had fun with. <laughs> you yeah. know, you just didn't have a fucking rule book with that one. You just jammed the shit out of it. And Luke there again, like throwing in some weird noises there just to, again, add to the punch. Yeah, man, the, the ghostly. Oh. <clears throat> mm. I would weirdly say, like th- that song definitely has a different range, like a different range of influences, like yes. all over the place. But yeah. uh, weirdly, quite a big one on it is Thin Lizzy, which I mentioned in the last podcast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's a total Thin Lizzy vibe. You didn't hear it in that section that you just played, but earlier on in it. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, Actually, the nickname for the song before we had a name was Fat Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then it ended up like, that was it. It. like it, was, it was weird when we called it Godless Carrying Pet because it was called Fat Lizzie for so that's long. Fucking mental. Jesus when you record Christ. different versions, though, you end up with like uh, your phone's <laughs> filled with all these different files and it starts with like Fat Lizzie and then it's like Fat Lizzie G, Fat Lizzie G Boys, Fat Lizzie G. <laughs> you end up with the title being fucking massive. I, I do remember they remember like a fucking song name being Fat Lizzie G Boys, New New. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. But yeah, but, no, uh, you mentioned it. Yeah, the Tin Lizzie influenced the harmonies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like a, one of those songs that we needed that, the kind of like a, the gurning sort of. Gourney. like the the chunk and stuff like that is is plus that's another one that's down at G sharp so it's got that feeling of just like which is cool and uh, I I really like that song I think it's kind of a grower as well because when I'm playing it it's actually weirdly hard to play the kicks that speed because it's because it's slow and it's yes. quite hard to play slow and constant with those sort of things because the, okay. the kicks are so sort of slow mm. compared to what I'm used to playing mm. but uh, yeah that's one of the ones that's just fun. Like when you're playing yeah. it, you get to that sort of Thin Lizzy chorus bit and you're just like, oh, yes. And then that ending is oh, like one of my favourite endings in that album. Yes, yes. Like, dun, 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 dun. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and it just goes like, mental. It's dead like, this is kind of like the the third one out of the trilogy of like songs dedicated to John Carpenter. So we did like Outpost 31, the thing, and then we did Lord of the Vile, which is Prince of Darkness. Okay, and yeah. this is uh, we got this carrying pits for In the Mouth of the Madness. So okay, all the works like, tied to In the Mouth of Madness. So as a total nod to John Carpenter being the fucking dude that he is. Yeah. But then when it changes riff-wise, I knew I wanted to go intense because if you've seen the film, the part where she like pretty much she's she's reading from the, the chapter of Sarah Kane's new book and like the, the next realms, like the walls ripping apart and all the beasts come out and chase him. That's pretty much what that riff's meant to be, of them being okay. like, you're getting led on Sam Neill. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it, because it's because of like the lyrics and stuff like that aren't too on the nose. It means that you, we can kind of it merges in with the the mm. sort of feel of the album anyway. So the whole idea of what you're singing out about can be on Mars or on this total separate yeah yeah it's separate not universe. It doesn't need to necessarily be that, but that's definitely the big the the influence of it. That's the, the yeah. Main yeah. Thing. But, but I just, know, like, that just, riff at the start just never really ends. It's just like all right now I know when the end of the riff is. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was funny with that as well because uh, Steve Marshall from Boz, I don't know if you've heard of Boz. Uh, just like yes, B-O-Z. I have heard of Boz, yeah. Yeah, they're really, really, really fucking good, but uh, Steve Marshall like really likes Dog Tired and uh, he was he's, he's very impatient. So <laughs> <laughs> he'd been asking for the album for absolutely ages and he'd just been wanting to hear it. So Luke sent him out when he was drunk. Oh, yeah, I don't know. And uh, <laughs> Steve like, listened to it 
and he came back and he was like uh, talking about like he loved it. He absolutely loves the whole album. But he was like, "What? What the fuck are you trying to do to me? Like, why have you made the the John Carpenter third one in the trilogy not song number six? <laughs> and we were like, I didn't even realize that we'd done that before. Like, it turns out that we have a pattern where it's number six on. Oh uh, my god! So it would have been the six 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 and all. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the trilogy, but then we've made it eight because eight. we like to fuck things up. Yeah. Well, look, relics. It's perfectly in at number six anyway. So yeah, you know, you can't, <laughs> exactly. You can't deny that. Uh, if we put Godless at six, I think you'd just be like, Jesus. Christ. It, it would be actually face melting. You know, you just <laughs> you just be overwhelmed by the riff and the heaviness. <laughs> You did the right thing, lads, you know. Um, <laughs> I must say as well, Keith, your drumming right through the album is fantastic. I, and I love the way Jamie has captured your sound. I think he has done a fantastic job. Uh, cheers, like, Would you agree um, with that, Luke, the way he's captured the I, sound? I, I, finally hearing the kind of final mix and knowing it's like, you know, I've, we kind of got to a point that we were really happy with it. Like, mm. I know it was, it was quite a long process going in between like Jamie and uh, ourselves as well. I'd be like, this up, this down, change the toning the guitars and make the kicks louder and stuff but hearing it now I'm just like it's the best piece ever sounded on anything you know what I mean it's the best like it does finally and I think I think all the other albums were great as well special electrical best and that but never really captured like me standing in front of Keith like him playing the drums and just what I hear but on this album you do you get that feeling so yeah it's the first time I've been like fully fully happy with the way the drums are because yeah. everything's fucking blasting. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, see, every time you're usually like, oh, okay, we get the kicks up, and then it's normally like, oh, well, I think they're loud enough. I think you're going to hear them in the master and stuff. Whereas this one, Jamie actually just sent us them, and he's like, when you were saying turn the kicks up, he did. Yeah. And yeah. Like, when he, all this sort of stuff, rather than saying, no, you can't, and stuff like that, he had specific, obviously he's got like things where he's like, that'll fuck up the sound. That'll yeah. Because nice. yeah. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. But we've got the kicks and everything to a level where I was like, I can actually hear everything i can yes. hear all the toms i can hear the kicks the toms aren't woofing yeah, uh, yeah. like the kicks sound monstrous like the louder you have it the better a system you have the more thunderous the kicks are yeah yeah okay like, uh, and that's, that's it, it, sounds, it sounds like a guy playing a kit doesn't yeah. sound like uh yeah, you know, absolutely you've just, you've just had a couple of pellets and pans and then they've just put it into like some sort of digital system it sounds yeah. like dude leather in a kit and, and the that's the stuff like that. The snare you've got is fucking mental. It's got it's that, oh, it's got that 90s smash to it. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> but like, I think, uh, yes, stuff like as well, with us not recording to a click, it means that quite often certain sections, you, you'll hear inconsistencies a little bit. So like that blasting, for example, we just listened to, that's real. So therefore mm. you can hear like, it's not all exactly the same. It's not cut and paste yeah. exactly like... You've basically got a MIDI and then pasted over it with the different samples and things like that. Yeah. And I think that kind of adds to it because our sound is meant to be that. Exactly. You got like it. Natural. Yeah. It's us playing. There's obviously bits where I would cut in and things like that, or like you can use that little not... bits of cut and paste and things depending on if you're you fucked up little bits yeah. or things like that kind of thing. But yeah. overall, talking, it's still always talking, me playing. We're talking takes, okay? Keith. You know, like yeah, oh, yeah, that take was great, but we we'll use this massive section from another. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like, what you're talking about, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it was it was the most I've ever had the kit back, like the sound of it, and being like, that's fucking perfect. Yeah. Like we got to the stage where I was like, look, like all that's left is sort of your guitar tone, and I was like, because I am the, the drum sound amazing. You're done, like, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy. Like uh, Jamie's definitely like fucking sorted that. Like it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, track nine. Do you? On the instrumental, and it's a 10 minute epic 
pillars of Phobos. So there was loads to choose here, but this <laughs> this eventually was the piece I went with. So we talked about emotion in Relic, and this is another one of those that just kind of raises the hairs on, on your hand. It just brings me back to maybe when I was 16, listening to early Metallica, and it's just a happy place, man. It's a fucking place that I love going back to, and certain albums will bring those memories flooding in, and somehow or other, man, you fucking, you, you brought me back to that place, and, and it's very, very difficult to do in relation to, we'll say, any band, but the fact that we all know each other as well and, and for this to appear as track number nine on the fucking album, for me, I was just like nearly in a heap over this. Like, So, thank you. That's amazing to hear, man. Like, that's fucking awesome. That's, this is that, a... Sorry. So that's that's the same... This is, that's, what, that's why we created it for ourselves as well, man, because it's like takes you back to... Master of Puppets, Justice for All, that, all those fucking Haiti albums that we grew up with. Yeah. And that's what we love. And this is almost like, you know, the instrument on the last one and this one especially is like, it's for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's, for, it's for like, you know, I'm glad that you're saying that as well because it's like, that's exactly why we wrote it for all those like, the Haiti moments of when you're a kid and you're growing yeah. up listening to those specific albums of Metallica. Yeah. And I just don't think it gets done anymore. We just do this for ourselves and I'm so fucking glad that you love it as well, man. Like, Mm. These, oh my God. these are like the like that tune especially and uh, the last instrumental that we did as well Hunter's Moon yeah. these are the ones where it's just fun 
because me and Luke just get to jam. Yeah. Like, uh, it has that proper feeling. It almost feels like playing an old song that we've, yeah. like, left a cover of or something like that. So, like, when we're jamming together, it's it's totally melted and it's just fun, basically. And then yeah. you come and record it and your arse collapses, but the... <laughs> 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 but it's normally fun. <laughs> but, yeah, but like, I think uh, the, the riffs sound phenomenal. Like, through the whole through the whole album, like, this is the, the best that the guitars have ever sounded. I think it's the closest to you being in front of you that we've ever had as well. Because, mm-hmm. like, uh, it just sounds like your sound. And I think that quite often we've struggled to get that on albums. Yeah. Whereas, like, I mean, The Electrical Best was sounded amazing as well. But I think this one, after that last sort of tweak, it's just so blatantly look blatant. Like, yeah. it, it's fucking amazing. And, the, like, this song's a really good sort of example of that. It's just riffs. Yeah. And it's just Luke fucking enjoying himself, basically. And you can just feel that sound that he gets through the PV Infective that you use and everything on stage when mm-hmm. everyone's like, Ken went after the gig, everyone comes up and it's just like, what the fuck amp are you using? Like, <laughs> what pedals are you using? You're like, a noise suppressor. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and people forget that you can just fucking have an amp, blast it loud, have a good yeah. amp. And it sounds amazing because I think people get caught up in their... Mm. like little tweaks and stuff like that but then you listen to something like that song and you're just like fuck that sounds amazing yeah and keys to be fair you didn't complicate it either with the drums i wasn't allowed to (laughs) (laughs) there's a a couple of bits like there's one one that's like like, this is like metallica as fuck and Keith's yeah. like whipping out these fills, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this doesn't need any fill. He's like, "Well, the whole thing." I was like, "No, you've got no. loads of fills." Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I uh, good advice. Like yeah. these songs should have simple drumming. Yeah. Uh, actually, weirdly, the last riff really hard to play because it does a, a build up, and then it goes into such a slow beat that it's like hard to even know where you're coming in. It was actually like yeah. it's really strange. But, so that, uh, riff, that riff is like we joked and well, I joked and called it the Phoenix riff. Don't know why. Need, sometimes you just need to give riffs names. But that <laughs> riff appears twice on the album in different timings. Oh, so it okay. appears at the end of Relic. That same riff at the end of Pillars. Ah, and it's like, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Like, yes. I love that. I love the idea of like I can't think of a band now, but like when there's like a riff that's kind of repeated. But it's not quite the same when you get in some absolute melter of yeah, yeah. sneaky riffs. I, I've yeah. come across them before in albums because it just connects yeah. the songs, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. It might yeah. skip two songs maybe, but it still it still connects maybe the third one into pattern or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and you might not notice it for like ten years. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. then you then you listen to the album one day and you're like, that's that same fucking riff. Yeah. Fucking same riff, yeah. man. Yeah. Also, I love the fact in the song, Keith, that you know, it's really hard when it's just like, you know, a drummer and a guitarist that usually plays like heavy, coming up with like a middle part that was clean. Like, you know, that's yeah. the most we've ever went in the middle of this. And it's it pays off because it sounds like Metallica, but almost a bit of Gojira kind of vibe in it. You it does. It but do you know what else it gives? It like us. Like, it, what else it gives, Luke, is emotion. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know? I think so. Like it. The end of the tune when it kicks in, you're kind of like it. Just I end up just happy. Yeah, yeah. It just makes me like fucking. And also, that that is cool that like you you said what you said as well. But there's there's no vocals on this. There's no mm-hmm. there's no lyrics. There's nothing like that. Yeah. It's just music, which is like yeah. you know that's the strongest it can be. Can I? Yeah. Also, with this tune, it was actually quite cool that Barry came in with oh, yeah. bunch of bass bits that that like it, they weren't written for anything to do with the guitar. That was just Barry coming up with them, and it was cool to have that kind of input where you can actually because normally bass obviously gets a bit swallowed in a song 
but those bits are so sparse yes. anyway that you can actually hear them coming through. And I think yeah. that was cool as fuck to see. Like, yeah, hearing his little wee, his wee bit, wee bit, <laughs> that's your wee bits. Oh, that's nice. It's his wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we first got the version back, Jamie, Jamie. I mean, Jamie loves the album, but he fucking, like, as soon as we started playing this one, he was like, what the fuck, guys? I've got all these ideas and that. And when we first got it back, Barry's basement at the start was fucking blaring. Like, blaring. And I was like, dude, the bass can't be that loud. No, it's no loud, man. I was like, dude, you can't hear that. That Barry's wee bit. And then, and then he turned it down, and I was like, mate, you've just newsteaded him. So, <laughs> you know, like a little middle ground there, like, you know. <laughs> Oh, let's get on to my favourite track of the album and oh, it's yeah. the title of it The Red Verse to see if you're going to be impressed with what I picked out Again. the end the end oh oh the album everybody hear the rest of it <laughs> the reason why i picked out this section is i think you're a fantastic band to build platforms for for the vocals with the guitar and drums there do you understand what i mean there there's platforms built there deliberately i yeah. think to emphasize think... the strength of those vocals and the delivery of the vocals 
So that's why I picked that section in in particular with that song. Yeah, I think uh, it's one of the one of the few times it's something that we've not done that often, but I really enjoy doing. Mm. Is like really pulled back and really foreboding or whatever the word is ominous feeling like build up of like it's just it feels fucked kind of thing if you know what I mean and uh, but then to have that riff like one of the slowest riffs on the album like totally lumbering riff but yeah. heavy as fuck with the kicks being the fastest they've ever yes, been yes, the fastest course, they've yeah. ever played kicks yeah um, <laughs> yeah but like that all together like they're getting through this riff like really slow and I'm in the back fucking dying yeah. <laughs> uh, but the way that it comes together it's almost like a it's kind of like our version of a high on fire nation on fire like that machine head song that builds up on from the burn my eyes the the, the really good album um that nation on fire always had that feeling where the whole song is like a build up and it's all tense as fuck and then it gets to the end and it like doubles the speed it just it is fucking... <laughs> but it's like our version of that but it's got total high on fire vibes like a especially like that in the snake's tongue bit. That's my favorite vocal bit, I think, on the album, when it's all like <laughs> yeah. high. And yes. It's just like, that's nice. Yes, oh. absolutely. So fucking cool. They were, they were like, yeah. they kind of, they kind of, those lyrics just wrote themselves. It was almost like, that's so heavy. You just, it just kind of spills on the page. I knew I wanted it to be that intense. Me and Chris both just screaming at that tone as well, which is just yeah. like, it's just fucking evil. Like, yeah. playing that, like, we haven't played it live yet. We're going to do it on Saturday, but. It's, it's in the practice room there's goosebumps you're just like holy mm. fuck this is like yeah. out of hand getting yeah. and uh aye, it's just and for it to go like though no, that slow and that's really as keep saying that's quite unusual for us to be like that kind of lumbering yeah. and then at the end to just go into that succession of absolute fucking riff soup yeah. at the end yeah. it's yeah. just it's amazing and that was like there was no tune of thrown we just went in the jam and recorded that whole section at the end mm-hmm. in a one in a one and we're like, done, let's forget about it and do the next one. <laughs> yeah, amazing. But like, again, that's why I didn't pick that out because it's it's a simple one to do that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. riffs upon riffs written down in my notes and it is my favorite track. <laughs> your songwriting and when you're in, in a jam room and you're you're building these riffs, but without lyrics, I would imagine, or without maybe, is your thought process, Luke, to to maybe slow down a section there have you got like this vocal delivery in mind when you're creating with keith uh, so like we'll get the riffs together and yeah. then obviously we've got like a kind of phone recording of it so i'll just be listening to it and then it'll just come up with like ideas of timings and it's all just about timings what it is timings cool. yes okay yeah what sounds cool in that section and then i'll kind of it was it's nice to have like where i'm sitting here we've got like a re, just a recording studio as well mm. so when I was writing the lyrics, I would come in here and just like draft ideas or just sometimes yeah. just shout into the mic and just be like, does that sound yeah, yeah, cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, but like Red Verse just fell into place immediately. It was first lyrics wrote on the whole thing. And it, when you start off with something like that, you're like, well, okay. <laughs> the rest of <laughs> it, cool, it's fine. You know what I mean? We've got that, it's cool. In yeah. blood, it was written in skin, it was bound. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's no, but it's like you know, and it's, it's not like like kind of left out Christmas, but like you know, it's we all have like a picture with the lyrics. I'll just, as I said, my brain just goes ah, and I'll write loads mm. of stuff down. But the, I would be like texting them to like like a whole song yeah. to the band, and then folk would be pitching in and be like, "Yeah, does that sound cool?" And I'm like, "Yes," because it's you know, it's talking about like something being fermented in bile. That's metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that like that's what I'm saying. Like I'm still trying to grasp the fact that because you are building platforms of riffs there to supplement the delivery of those fantastic vocals that are layered upon it. Maybe it just happens naturally for you. Uh, there cases. wasn't any. There wasn't any kind of proper planning and oh, this is what it's going to sound like. It was, we just me and Keith just kind of worked those arrangements out and we're like, well, that's fucking metal. Do you know it's not even cooler? Yeah. Screamed really high over it. So suddenly <laughs> you got like. You're talking about platforms, you've got like the high singing that's like intense. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got the lumbering riff, which exactly. is slow. And that's yeah. the juxtaposition of Keith playing the fastest kicks he's ever done. Yes. So you put all together, you're just like, what the fuck? I is know. It's yeah. fucking mad. Like, it really is. Yeah. I, I remember like thinking, should I change them to like threes so, <laughs> or something like that? The kicks just to, just to slow it down a bit because it's fucking nails. And I've never, uh, I've never, I don't use triggers, so uh, you're going to see me die uh, when you're at the launch. Like <laughs> it's the last song, man. So it's aye, we fine. Like, but oh, well, there you go. <laughs> right after it. But uh, aye, uh, I was going to say something else about that. Like, aye, yeah. so the the fast kick bit, the key strumming. Again, we talk about should I had a filling, like essentially to like keep keep his momentum. I was like, no, no. There's like a fill, like it just doesn't mean your time goes down it and it goes back to the rest. And that's all he's got. So he's like, full kicks, what fuck you. Full kicks. I I think uh, I think the last riffs as well, I'm pretty sure that you used to have a different ending. And we played and then uh, let's talk was... about the ending, yeah. Like I was expecting to end with the synth and then the guitars came back in again. Oh yeah, that riff, that riff was too good to not have it again. Just to ruin yeah. all, ruin all the kind of ambient. Like, I mean, I love all the kind of synth stuff and do that on here. Uh, yeah. It's to Jamie's hatred of synth, but I was like, come on, man, it was so cool. Turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, uh, like, so I guess keep us saying we had like I can't even remember how the riff went. It was something nah. shit how it went now. But we had this whole kind of few riff like uh, at the end, and it just didn't sit well. And that whole end section, as I said, we just wrote that as one piece in about what, an hour. Mm. And it kind of came wow. in and was like, right, you Keith, you were right, that end of the shite, what about this? And then we just wrote that. And just... As soon as you played the riff that it now has, I was like, fuck yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's like, it, yeah. That is 100% it. And it was one of those riffs as well where, because you always get these points in an album where you picture yourself playing it on a big stage. Yeah. Like yeah. on a festival in the okay. day or something. Yes. Like when, whenever. And that ending is exactly what we picture just being... Because that's where you can just let go and have fun at the end because you're like, oh, this is just fucking riff suit for ages and like, and it's fun. There'll be loads of head banging. It'll just be fucking great. And you picture yourself playing that with like the wind blowing and everything in this big massive stage. That's definitely the song that when I'm playing it in jam, I quite often fuck it up because I'm away in my head like, oh, wow. <laughs> the, the wind blowing in through your beard, Keith. Yeah, through my beard. <laughs> <laughs> what a finale. And that's what it's all about really, isn't it? It's to build up to the finale. And the yeah. red verse, the song, the album, it is epic in every way. I'm just fucking in awe of it. It's it's incredible. It's arriving at the right time, I think, because there's kind of a lull in general in, I would say, maybe around the European scene anyway, for something like this. This thing now will land, man, and yeah. hopefully it will cause cracks across fucking Scotland, Ireland, and into Europe. I'm trying yeah. to think of an, an album as good as it, as as heavy as it, and and there's fucking catchiness as well. But like, they, they don't seem to be around at the moment, lads. So, I mean, what you have done and what you've created and and there's been a team effort as well with Jamie and, and Laura and obviously Chris and Barry down here tonight. It's, it's, it's a testimony to you and man, you know, the Electric Abyss, 
stood on its own, but this fucking thing towers over it, man. And, you know, for those that are going to go to the gig, which is, I'll get to this now, it's in La Belle Angel, it's on Saturday night. There's plenty of time yet, lads. Get tickets, man, and go and, and enjoy one of the best fucking bands in Scotland pulling out their fifth album, man. That's the way I look at it. Thanks so much, man. It's, it's really nice to hear that as well, because obviously we've we've had like a couple of reviews and things like that back, and they've all been like really, really positive uh, and been like really like glowing reviews and stuff. But when you actually hear somebody you can, I think it means more. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, oh, coming okay. from you, obviously, because we will take the piss out of each other all we can. But... Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But I mean, <laughs> fucking hell, I needed an album like that. Jesus, I badly needed it. <laughs> So it's out on the 3rd of June. Is there a limited amount of CDs or? Uh, there, if you want a CD, you can have one. That's what I'm okay. <laughs> There's enough. There's enough. Uh, it's, it, it's a limited amount considering the fact that people don't tend to buy CDs. Yeah. These days. But we will eventually get it probably on vinyl. Um, but it'll, Oh, wow. Okay. For one, Fair there's enough. a big waiting queue. It's, I think it's like fucking nine months or 10 months. Or two is expensive because the album's about 50 minutes, which I think means it has to be a double LP. Oh, and obviously, we want the LP to be read, so it's kind of... <laughs> it's, <okay. laughs> it's the type of thing that, that you know we just we didn't we didn't have the funds available to create the vinyl for the launch day. But I mean, yeah. fuck, I would love to get a vinyl for the red verse. I think it deserves a, it, it deserves, deserves a double vinyl. Absolutely, absolutely. Even if it's yeah. just for us to put on our wall. <laughs> <laughs> So it's uh, tentatively titled The Heavy Metal Vomit Party of the Year. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so so joining E on the night will be Disposable. Massive shout out. Catalysts, uh, Primitive Voices and Big Iron. Yeah, Big Iron. Who the fuck are they? <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck are Big Iron? Obviously uh, friends. They're, 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 like a, they're like a new band. Uh, and uh, they've just been a, just started releasing their stuff. And it's like kind of key members like Jack Sandilands and Kieran Johnson, who's like some fucking phenomenal guitar player. Okay. All of our from, uh, he's the guitarist and disposable as well. But there's a new band coming out and they did this absolutely amazing cracker of a fucking promo video with like us in France, disposable and like <laughs> Metallica in Paris. Uh, all just saying, who the fuck are Big Iron? <laughs> <laughs> It was amazing. It was like a great way to start off because that's all right. Words already spread, and folk are like, "Who the fuck are Big Iron?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah all the comments yeah, yeah, on the event yeah. page are just like, "Who the yeah. fuck are Big Iron?" I mean, hats <laughs> off to like every band on that bill. They're all fucking, they're all an amazing band, yes. all the dudes. But they've all also done a fucking cracking job of helping us out, and helping me out promote the shit out of this gig. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like you can't turn without knowing that this is happening. So okay. hats off to all of them. Like. And you know what? It starts at half five as well. So you can actually bring uh, 14-year-olds upwards, yep. which is yep. cool. Thanks, yep. lads, for that. Thank, like they're, they're the people that should be going to these gigs as well and witnessing this. It's it's great, man. It might encourage a few more of their friends to pick up guitars, drums, you know. And that's, I mean, that's, that's such a massive part of it as well. Like, mm. uh, if you think about, like, we've played a couple of gigs in Edinburgh recently that's been a lot of, like, the kind of student like aged folk coming along yeah. and petting and stuff like that and you're just getting involved wearing the hoodies and stuff and you're like these, yeah. these guys are the next these guys are the next bands you know what I mean these are the ones they are, that yeah. you want to get yeah. them in the door for instance uh, shout out to my pal Bud's nephew uh, who for his birthday was like can I just get a dog tire t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, 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 I, and I was like, well, does he want a CD or is that just redundant to young people? <laughs> but you know, he's coming along to the gig, it's gonna be cool. And like he's a fucking nice. amazing drummer. 
apparently Bud was saying, he was like, how are the drumming skills coming on? And then just leathered the starter painkiller. So I was like, wow, <laughs> fair enough. Good statement of intent. And also he went actually, how could I say this? A listening party. Oh, yeah. Like, where right. the fuck are you going with this? Like, have you so just not, completely not... sold out? Is this, is this <laughs> dog turd selling out to the corporation? Listening party. This wasn't uh, my idea. Oh, but, they're all. Oh, uh, yeah. I was so who's getting like, blamed what, for this? I was like, I mean, like, what? I'm, what we're allowed to play our own fucking tunes and get absolutely away yeah. with it. Fucking legends after it. That sounds amazing. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, to be honest, it's not going to be like a, a, a sitting in a room and being like, ah, this bit, this bit, it's everyone standing in legends drinking beers and talking to each other while the album plays. It was, that, it, was that, it was either that or being completely steaming in someone else's kitchen with a speaker and being like, listen to that bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to happen anyway. Which happens, you know, shout out to all the fucking pals from like Erica and Edinburgh that have like suffered being Keith just showing different versions of our album to their faces <laughs> at about five in the morning. Mate, listen to this bit. Brilliant. I love it. Just the term listening party. I cracked up and I when I consider ye fucking lunatics. I'll be yeah, I'll be it'll be it'll be the metal party. The part is like gonna be packing up the gear and high fiving everyone and all okay. that, like yeah. in yeah. swift fashion to yes. get off the road and be there on time to play it. Because <laughs> the fuck that's gonna happen. I'll be yeah. like, <laughs> we're saying to the DJ, sorry mate, we're just gonna bleed it over. <laughs> yeah. Again, the red verse. The album launches in Edinburgh's number one venue for metal, La Belle Angel. Would that be correct? Yep. And expect nothing but absolute un- un- unadulterated. Un- unadulterated carnage. Who comes <laughs> up with this shit like? <laughs> Barry? Would we blame yeah. Barry? Um, it might, might have been me if it's there. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been me. <laughs> Definitely you. Yeah, lads. Uh, best luck with the album launch and and the album itself as i said i, I can't speak highly enough of it is fucking fantastic it's it's what the metal scene needs at the moment especially in the uk and the irish scene and uh, a bar has been set for everybody for every band out there and dog turd has certainly led the way with this and uh congratulations thanks for coming on the show keith and luke Cheers, thanks very much for having us it's been great yeah and crucially support your local metal scene Refs. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>